Hey everyone, welcome back to Slayer Lair, a, po- a podcast where we watch Buffy and then talk about it episode by episode. This is your jazz singer voice, <laughs> still sick, uh, host, Amanda. Um, let's see, I am a Buffy fan, of course. Um, I think that besides watching the show when it first came out and it was new every week, uh, I've done a couple of rewatches in between, um, and now I'm happy to be able to be rewatching it and talking about it again with my co-hosts. Um, my name is Chris. I um, am maybe the deepest entrenched in Buffy lore out of the three of us hosting. Um, I watched the show as a kid barely remembered it and went on to watch it many more times as an adult starting in college and going until now um, and found some graphic novels a few years ago too so deep in the Buffy lore and I'm Jen Um, I am like the one who doesn't remember anything. <laughs> I only watched Buffy when it, when it was first on TV back in the day. And this is my first rewatch. Um, so pretty exciting to kind of like refine how amazing Buffy is. And then also just like, yeah, be surprised by all kinds of stuff <laughs> and scared. <laughs> So welcome back everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode two, Some Assembly Required. Um, And so today we have uh, a bunch of um, chopped up cheerleaders. Uh, We also get a feel for how everyone feels about Mexican food for a first date. Um, and we get our first, what we here at Slayer Lair call our first Goosebumps episode <laughs> of the season. So thanks everyone. And let's hop right in. So Jen, some assembly required. What did you think this episode would be about based on the title? Okay. So I thought it would be like Ikea themed, like <laughs> Like, <laughs> wait was ikea around back okay keep going i don't research. know <laughs> okay i feel like um ikea is totally like a tv trope of like people going to ikea and like will their friendship last the test of ikea um and so like i've kind of felt like okay this is an ikea episode and it makes sense that they have to keep going because like Buffy just keeps using like legs of tables and chairs as stakes. So they're probably like always at Ikea having to like replace furniture that she keeps breaking. So yeah, that is what I thought, <laughs> what I thought that this episode was going to be about. Wait, if everything is particle board, would the stakes still work? Like that that counts as wood or yeah, I think okay, because it it's just compressed. Wood, dude. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and that totally could have been a reference to IKEA because the first IKEA opened in the US in 1985. Whoa. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> producers were putting together new furniture <laughs> the weekend that they were naming this episode. <laughs> Um, great. So this episode opens as most episodes do in our beloved Sunnydale graveyard. Um, 
we have Buffy sitting on a grave and she's waiting for someone named Steven to rise. Do we ever find out, is it ever established how she knows that Steven is rising up tonight? Okay. I don't think so. That confused me I as well. I was very confused. And like, okay, so what is she doing to pass the time as she's sitting there on this grave? <laughs> no does she say what she what she's doing she is yo-yoing <laughs> <laughs> wait i did wait i did not see that she is just legit sitting there is she yo-yoing. doing tricks no she's just like <laughs> yeah she's learning dude she's, she's not even walking the dog <laughs> no <laughs> go around cradle. the world yeah wow. that i totally missed that that is incredible <laughs> Yeah, dude. What can't she do? Amateur yo-yoer, professional vampire slayer. <laughs> it's a, she's got to have hobbies, you know. She yeah. learned in last episode. She has to like release the steam. <laughs> that's, that's it. Oh wow, that's incredible. Dated, dated. I love that. Um, and then Angel walks up. Classic. Totally does not read the room as usual and says is now a bad time. <laughs> Why does he always say the weirdest shit when he's not respecting people's personal space? <laughs> like I can't tell if he's actually unaware. It sounds sincere. Dude, I, like, I really like, think he doesn't get easy it. Easy to just chop it up to him being from like the 1700s. <laughs> it's like that's just what <laughs> men were like. <laughs> yeah, and having like limited social like. Mm-hmm how we were all really awkward how we are really awkward because of like covid preventing us from having social connection and interaction mm-hmm. angel had like a 200 year long covid pandemic where he was a vampire and like didn't know how to talk to people so i think he's just like recovering from that <laughs> Yes, uh, his he always fading in from the shadows, classic angel. Um, we kind of get a sense, you know, it's a classic like ex situation of like we're exes, but like we still fight every time that we hang out, <laughs> like we are still together, um, which was super hilarious because I mean, you can tell that. Angel is like feeling some feelings about, you know, in last episode is when Buffy did the seductive Xander dance and Angel is still having some salty feelings about that. And the fight, the last thing that's said in the fight before it's interrupted is Angel saying, whenever we fight, you bring up the vampire thing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was me dude and then I also feel like some of Angel's like maybe 1700s like conservatism is coming out because she was like Buffy's like oh you're jealous that I was dancing with Xander and he's like more like made it with Xander I wouldn't call that (laughs) dancing and it's like whoa dude he's never seen grinding well dude I mean first base in 1700s every night dude no literally First base in 1700s was ankle. Your ankle is showing. <laughs> so they basically fucked as far as he's concerned. Like they fucked on the dance floor last night for sure. <sighs> um, okay. So their fight's interrupted when Steve, Stefan, Stephen the vampire rises up. 
um obviously Buffy kicks his ass and thus him and at some point in their argument Angel refers to Xander as a child and it's I feel like I guess this is finally the moment where Buffy's like wait am I do you see me as a child that's like yes dude (laughs) yes I'm 200 (laughs) years old it's finally established that she understands <laughs> the age gap and it's weird. Dude, yeah, we were watching this with um with Dan and he was definitely like, wait, is this considered statutory rape? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wait, have we established what state Sunnydale is in? It's California because okay, because she and it's so south Southern California because she right right that her dad drives her down from LA so Sunnydale is like I imagine somewhere down by um like San Diego Mm -hmm. you know like a sleepy maybe more inland because they'd never go to the beach so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so absolutely California that means he can absolutely be prosecuted he hasn't committed rape yet but he is grooming for sure there's yeah. definitely grooming happening <laughs> she's 16 <laughs> um so uh, this realization is happening while she's fall- falling into an open grave which was very slapsticky <laughs> It's, hilarious. Like, dude, it's so soft like caskets are always so soft on the inside like super silky material like pillows and stuff and okay so what would the inside of your guys's casket be like if you were going to be buried like, like what would I put in my will to have the inside made of yeah well I I my gut my first reaction was Cheez-Its I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why the first thing I thought it just immediately my brain said Cheez-Its so okay. that's my okay. answer for snackies <laughs> it's like then you decompose faster maybe because like more things come to eat you because you're <laughs> made of cheese yeah I don't know I guess I guess my brain finds them comforting and and soft those pillows what do you think Chris? like if I am getting put in a casket in the first place then I assume that it's because someone's gonna raise me from the dead so I guess I would want some like helpful tools in there it seems like vampires um have to claw their way out of their graves so I either want some like aggressive acrylic nails <laughs> that I can use to like like made of steel like Wolverine but make an acrylic and <laughs> I want like yeah maybe that and then also some of Amanda's Cheez-Its for <laughs> a snacky before I claw my way out to yeah. fight Buffy. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that question just really told me a lot about what I find comforting. <laughs> like what <laughs> immediately what my brain would do, like the first snap thing. <laughs> what would yours be, Jen? I don't know. Like, I guess I just feel like put some fucking hay in there or something you know <laughs> like it doesn't need to be like silky pillows I am so offended that you did not say pictures of me 
<laughs> I'm actually hurt by that. I'm wounded. <laughs> It'd be dark, dude. And then that way, if like a fire started, I would burn quickly because I'm like basically <laughs> like in Why would a fire start? Underground it's California. Fire oh, California. okay. Fair enough. I'll Fair <laughs> just be my own Tinder boat. box, dude. <laughs> It's like the fire was almost contained until it got to your grave <laughs> and then many more acreage was lost. Yeah. <laughs> Metal, dude. It sounds great. Um, but what? It sounds like someone had a request to be buried with <laughs> with what? Like oh, dirty, dirty high heels. I know. Why are the high heels dirty? Okay, so Bavia finds this heel on the ground to be like, okay, this wasn't Stephen's grave. Like somebody was dragged from this grave who was buried in like four inch heels that are so dirty. <laughs> and the casket is not clean, dirty, dude. The inside is clean. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That dirty heel that she finds outside the open casket reminds me of so many mornings that I've been walking to the bus stop <laughs> before work through San Francisco. <laughs> There's so many abandoned dirty heels on the side of the sidewalk. Dude, 7 a.m. Yeah. There's somebody only one. was going to like the bronze, which I guess is like in the tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah very dirty that. high heel. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. Abandon. But a high heel. So we know it yes. was a woman. And we know because this is a show in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And because it's not Buffy, she's mm-hmm. probably a slut. And like a hot <laughs> slut. Because okay. only sluts wear That's... high heels, dude. <laughs> okay. Only sluts this wear all high sounds heels. like an internal monologue that you have. No, dude, wait. Because Just wait for the episode to unravel. About- I feel like that is what this show turns. Okay, that okay. is what this episode <laughs> is turns into. The hints that they give us about mm-hmm. the people who were dug up that are obviously trying to say like it was a woman and she was hot. And they yeah, think, oh, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's many. There's much evidence to that they were hot, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get. Into that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why so dirty. Been, why couldn't have been Stephen's heel? <laughs> like. Well, because she didn't think about it. Well, she just no, him, yeah, she just when, yeah, when yeah, when he had high kicked, on. yeah, when she high kicked Stephen and he flew across the graveyard, he had on his business shoes, his like whatever. loafers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get in. Okay, um, great. So that's our opening scene, setting kind of the stage for the rest of the episode. Um, next we are in the library where we walk in on Giles in a very intimate moment with himself. <laughs> Um, practicing a monologue of asking someone on a social engagement, which is just so, so cute. Um, but Buffy and Xander walk in and interrupts this conversation and Buffy starts to give him some advice. And part of her advice is you should ask when you're asking someone on a date, you should ask, how do you feel about Mexican? And Giles says, Mexican. <laughs> Which I think is a fair, like if I were to start going on dates again, like maybe that would be the first question that I would ask. Like, how do you feel about Mexicans? So like, let's just get it out of the way <laughs> before we even meet up. But that is not the advice that Buffy is giving. She's asking about the type of food that they should go out on. Um, and they both call out that he's practicing to talk to hottie with a body, Miss Calendar. 
um yeah are we excited are have we been shipping them already what what how do we think the date's gonna go well I thought it would go better than it does later <laughs> it's like um it it seems good dude I feel like they're a good pair well okay I, I don't know I'm unsure so yes I feel like we've been shipping them but I don't know, man. Miss Gallagher seems like they definitely lead very different lives. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you know, like maybe they're into that. It's implied a little bit later on that Giles does not know how to use a computer. And like, isn't she the computer teacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is a techno pagan. Yeah. Wait, was she? Because she's not. Is she the computer teacher this season too? Yeah, okay. totally. Okay. She's There's a part like where she's lab. like, yeah, yeah, I have to go set up the computer lab. Oh, okay. But then okay, also, okay. dude, like he is a librarian and it's crazy to think that, I mean, obviously it wasn't always part of it, but it's crazy to think that this was a time where like a librarian wouldn't have known how to use a computer. Totally. Like, He's like, well, I no, got he it. Does Dewey Decimal. Yeah, dude, totally. Yeah, like I know it was a thing. Next- it's just crazy to think that I know like I never interacted with a librarian who didn't know how to use a computer like that is wild he's dedicated to like he's he's legit from head to toe he's legit librarian he's not trying to break the fourth wall (laughs) he needs some continued education for sure he needs night classes (laughs) <laughs> dude miss calendar wants to give him night classes oh sure. yeah she does <laughs> i'm super here for it i love them together i feel like they like she is obviously daddy in this uh-huh. scenario uh-huh. but they both seem into that uh-huh. and i feel like they definitely fucking turn each other on so like get it i love that I feel like it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Did you How watch Ted Lasso, Amanda? Did you end up starting it? No, I haven't started it yet. Okay, so you have to watch it. Okay. Because, like, Giles is this, like, hot old man. <laughs> In the show? Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And he's kind of, like, a baddie in, like, the, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, he's aged well. <laughs> Oh, he or he's been hot. He's been the hot. Yeah, like he was already kind of a hot old dude in this. Yeah, now he's like a mean, rich, hot old dude. Oh, it works. It works. works. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Well, since we're talking about computers and how afraid Giles is, uh, one thing that they need Willow to help them with is to look up who or to find out who this empty grave belongs to and obviously going online is the only way to find it out um and Buffy they end up telling him that they know the name like the gravestone it says Meredith Todd who died recently and they that she was our age which already I'm like this is creepy (laughs) I'm like okay dead young girl chunky heels that tracks um, and so they want to find out everything that they can find out about Meredith Todd um, to see why would her grave be empty? Yeah, I had forgotten that they had kind of like set up Willow as like a hacker in season one. Because so. she can Google like, or she can ask Jeeves. And so she's yeah. a hacker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so the next scene is the science fair um, and we have we're introduced to a super creepy character with a camera named Eric 
and he's taking pictures of Willow and he goes to like he says take pictures of legs like some legs over there and immediately I like having not seen this episode for a while I was like this is the grave robber <laughs> <laughs> I immediately was like this is the grave robber <laughs> was like the kids who took pictures for the yearbook at your school like creepy I feel like I never saw anyone taking pictures but somehow there were always pictures in the yearbook I don't remember them like seeing them though dude, dude I feel like like got in trouble at my high school like literally had to like deal with like the cops because he had like made this comment about how he had to like go to the you know whatever sports game that was on that night because he was like yeah I have to go shoot the cheerleaders like on take film. pictures yeah <laughs> like for the yearbook and people hello like this guy's gonna shoot people <laughs> like with a gun yeah so that's how creepy he was <laughs> jesus christ wow that well, was creepy school shootings really creepy wait i'm kid. actually shocked that that quick of a response happened at a time before school sh- like I Dude, feel like because he was so weird that's like- <laughs> they were like this is going to be the first school shooting in America right here like well we it are- would have been after Columbine and shit but I feel like they, they were like it. yes like you still could like there weren't any you know trainings going on and like mm-hmm. anyone could just walk on the school campus it, it's mm-hmm. different but yeah I know, dude. That's insane. <laughs> um, shout out to the creepiest yearbook photographer from rural Missouri. If you're listening, guy, we hope you're okay and that you don't have a gun license. Yeah, we should we should use as Giles refers to it that thing, the computer, which will never catch on <laughs> uh, <laughs> to see what happened to that guy. Hopefully, he's well. Yeah. But okay, so we have creepy Eric that reminds us of our childhood in Missouri. He is walking around taking pictures that he says are for his private collection. Like, dude, it's called like your eyes. <laughs> we all have a spank bank that we don't have like physical pictures. Like, come on, teenage boy, get it together. <laughs> um, and then Willow is talking to like another new character that we're introduced to. His name is Chris. And with Willow's kind of like little expositional aside, we understand that Chris is always the person that comes first in the science fair. And Willow is always the person that comes second. That's kind of like their friendly kind of, you know, science fair little relationship that they have. So it seems like, you know, fun, like she they're kind of like joking around with each other about how science fair is going to go. Um, and let's see what else happens. Cordelia comes up. She has to sign up for the science fair as well. She seems a little upset about it, but she's signing up. Um, and so they all just have to do it. Well, yeah, they literally say that it's mandatory. I couldn't like, tell. Everyone has to do it. Okay. But then she's like, I'm choosing to do it. They make it very confusing. But first she <laughs> says that it's unfair that it's mandatory and they all have to do it mm-hmm. it was very weird yeah and then I don't know I was like maybe like her science teacher made it mandatory but not all science teachers made it you know like maybe for her class or whatever I don't know yeah I felt like it was weird too but maybe also she's just trying to get close to the gang she's still trying to be like dude I want to be friends like maybe she's using it who knows as an excuse like 
hang out with them. Um, so it's a little bit vague, but as you know, Cordelia signing up, creepy Eric comes up and takes a picture of her uh, without her consent. <laughs> literally obviously. tells her to smile, dude. Literally tells her to smile. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's not okay. <laughs> yeah, because she looks prettier when she smiles, so she should smile more. Um, obviously. <laughs> and Buffy walks up with Willow more pictures are being taken of them um and they all kind of like all three of them all three girls walk away together right they're like okay whatever these people these Eric dude is creeping us out let's get the fuck out of here as they leave (laughs) Chris and Eric have a moment where Eric is like talking about Cordelia like she'd be perfect and to which Chris responds don't be an idiot she's a lie <laughs> gross dude someone call the police I am calling the police yeah. that is a conversation to get the police call so they're definitely like necrophiliacs at this point right like that's <laughs> yeah. what at least I'm like that was your that. impression yeah and I was like okay maybe this is gonna be like a Jennifer's body situation nice mm-hmm. yeah which um yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like this is where we really start talking about something else that I think is really interesting in Buffy which is like the difference between human evil and supernatural evil because at this point other than the first vampire nothing supernatural has happened Uh and we're just seeing normal normal human creepiness is what we think until this comment happens where it's like okay a little more dire and concerning creepiness but still at this point not supernatural and I feel like that is something that we're really gonna see and have to like struggle with and watch the characters struggle with as they find out that they have to deal with the situation where like you can't just murder these people like Buffy can't just murder these dudes to like resolve this problem you're not gonna be able to like dust somebody you have to have like a very different type of interaction to deal with it Yeah, and it's it's very often, and actually, we can talk more about because <laughs> obviously the theme. I feel like this is one of the darker themes of like the weird one-off episodes that we've had. Um, just grave robbing of a young girl's body <laughs> is. Um, I feel like it's really really dark, and I feel like they try to keep it still semi lighthearted, and it, it didn't really hit for me. There were a couple times where I was like. <laughs> wait this is really bad guys (laughs) um it's not the same as like a computer demon but um let uh but that's also in the supernatural realm so I get what you're saying but let's let's see how it kind of like unfolds here so they're back at the library they found out who Meredith is um she died in a car accident tragically with her two other hot cheerleader friends um from the next town over and the gang's trying to understand you know they just like as you were saying Chris they're assuming it has some type of supernatural reasoning because we're in Sunnydale dude like what else could it be like there's no way anyone is sick enough (laughs) to dig up graves which is exactly correct um and so they're like you know what let's dig up some more graves (laughs) to investigate let's dig up the graves of these other two girls that she died with and if they're in there you know we can roll out what's happening and and if they're not in there you know maybe we'll catch a lead or whatever um so that night 
they go to the graveyard and Giles and Xander are sweating, <laughs> working with shovels, digging in the graves. Um, and Buffy and Willow are kind of like chatting. Um, and at one point Xander's like, hey, like uh, this would go faster if you would help me. <laughs> And Buffy's like, no, I was taught that the men dig up corpses and women have babies. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about this dichotomy of work that's happening? Dude, this I is mean, also I feel like where... Buffy does the most all the time. <laughs> it's like, let the bitch sit. <laughs> she could also probably dig up that grave a lot more easily with her like superhuman strength but I hear you maybe that's the bounds of her like abilities it's like oh like she only has super strength yeah (laughs) yeah like when it's regular chores it's like normal strength yeah (laughs) I feel like this is also where Willow like calls Buffy out for doing the like mating ritual dance with Sandra (laughs) from the episode before and Buffy is like ugh will I ever live that down and I like in my notes was like (laughs) no bitch it is literally part of the beginning credits from like (laughs) here on out that little (laughs) clip of her sexually barely moving her hips against Xander's groin will be part of the beginning credits for the rest of the series so she's also she not live it down dude. she's <laughs> acting like it's something she did when she was so wasted not like that she or like how many years ago yeah <laughs> she's like I've grown since then since Crushed last bone. night I yeah, guess she crushed master she's like that was 12 hours ago <laughs> let it go like, get over like, it everybody yeah. uh embarrassing <laughs> so they are digging up this grave and it is just like shallow as fuck <laughs> like, like it must only be like four feet deep dude and it's like yeah you'd think that at the mouth of the hell mouth or whatever opening of the hell mouth they would be prioritizing digging deeper graves but I guess not (laughs) um and we actually we find out some interesting information here that kind of sets up the rest of the episode so they're talk Buffy and Willow they're talking about like um Cordelia coming into the library early on in the episode she has like these weird mutterings about like loss and things like that and Willow is telling Buffy you know she Cordelia used to date this guy named Daryl and Daryl is actually science fair Chris's older brother and he was a big football star but he died in a tragic rock climbing incident. And ever since then, Chris has been weird and withdrawn and his mom doesn't, no one's even seen his mom since. And I immediately, again, was like, the mom is dead. <laughs> Me too. I, yeah. I thought it was some type of like uh, psycho type, like he dresses as the mom in a wig or something. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> That was, I guess, as soon as I heard that. Um, And then right then is when the boys get to the casket. Of course, it's empty. So we have two two bodies that are missing right now. 
Um, meanwhile, back at school, Cordelia is walking to her car from cheer practice, and we have a classic. This was an amazing Wes Craven yeah. scene <laughs> of like Cordelia running through a dark parking lot. She cannot get the key into her car door. <laughs> Like she's never opened her car door before. Uh, she can't get it in. She drops the keys and they're somehow underneath the carriage. Like so far. Yeah. Like keys can roll or something. <laughs> and her boobs are just so big that she cannot reach the keys that are under the car. In her cheerleader outfit, it is definitely classic uh, slasher movie and is anyone surprised that the weird scary guy in the dark is angel <laughs> he's like are you okay he's <laughs> like no dude. he scared the shit out of me no <laughs> oh that was amazing um yeah she's like standing in the dumpster <laughs> like hey I just wanted to know if you've seen Buffy she's like what (laughs) (laughs) also why wouldn't you look at the graveyard first thank you because even Cordelia in the dumpster is like dude she's at the graveyard as she always is (laughs) and Angel's like she said she'd be at home (laughs) which you know that he was in her room Dude, and then he was like, I'll just come to the school at night and like hang out in the parking lot and wait for Cordelia, a fringe friend of Buffy's, to like find out where, like get her whereabouts from her. Seems like flawed logic, dude, I feel like. (laughs) He wanted to scare a human into a trash can. Yeah. The whole interaction was fucking weird. Um, okay, but what does she, so Cordelia hit in the trash can? What does she find as she's trying to climb out of the trash? Dude, some like chopped up <laughs> body parts. And we later hear someone describe it as like enough parts that it's obviously not just one body. So like a lot of fucking body parts must be in that trash can and like not even in like a bag (laughs) yeah she just pulls a hand out loose parts (laughs) sloppy sloppy okay this is what i'm talking about though it's like okay so it's like she finds the hand obviously again poor cordelia traumatized yeah again that alone is enough that's a life ruiner for sure you're not working through that and then the next day in the library the gang Along, or no no it's that night it's that night right like so yeah. Cordelia and Angel they go to the library to wait for the gang the gang walks in Angel is like holding Cordelia to comfort her because she's obviously been traumatized and they walk in and they're just casually like yeah there was a bunch of pieces of girls in the dumpster <laughs> that is what I'm talking about like I get that like they've all seen some shit but like no one is treating this with any type of gravity of like <laughs> there is a sicko <laughs> like this is so fucked up dude it's so funny because when I saw that I was like dude no Cordelia is holding it on to Angel and Angel looks oldly uncomfortable <laughs> and I feel like Cordelia was like okay, okay, okay. I was in a trash can full of human body parts, but I can use this to like 
hang off the arm of this hot undead dude. And that seems cool. Because she's shooting her shot. Yeah, she's shooting her shot, dude. (laughs) I feel like she is like, yeah, I think this bitch is bulletproof. I think (laughs) that like literally just nothing gets to her. And she's like, that sucked. But I'm going to like, yeah, now I'm going to touch Angel's bicep. So (laughs) she's like, Like, I need to secure my role in the spinoffs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so like the school colors are yellow and red, um, which is gross. It's like <laughs> just like ketchup and mustard, I guess. <laughs> like McDonald's colors. Yeah. They're sponsored. Dude. <laughs> oh. Like maybe that's what they're okay, but okay. So yeah, maybe that I was gonna say maybe that's what their mas- mascot is, is Ronald McDonald. <laughs> but it's not, dude, because they're the razorbacks. Okay, sure. Like a scary pig. Is that what that is? Yeah, totally. Okay. It's a type like dog. Yeah. A scary pig. It's a scary pig, dude. Yeah. Oh, not like what? a not like a teacup pig. No, like not like a cute pig, pig that would fucking kill you. Like a pig that killed characters in Game like, of Thrones. Do they oh they have like tusks. Boar, but yeah. Okay. I feel like it has scary dinosaur back. Oh. do you have a picture are you finding yeah, a picture of these I'm, yeah i'm looking I started right now making it so up okay <laughs> describe it describe it for the listeners what you're what you're seeing okay i mean it does sound like so essentially it's a feral pig mm-hmm. scary pig. um yeah it is a scary pig so it's like it's a boar pig hybrid <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying yeah yeah it is pretty terrifying it does have tusks but they're kind of small okay okay it still gores someone with that (laughs) it's small tiny tusks yeah um interesting choice for a high school team (laughs) it's pretty rednecky like i'm pretty sure that there's an arkansas sports team there is that it's the razorbacks which makes me think it's rednecky by nature. Apologies to our Arkansas listeners. <laughs> I think you're rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just alienate a whole segment of, of the listener. Seems fine. Dude. Seems fine. <laughs> no states between California and New York are real, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Wow. Wait, so what do you have against? the cheerleading I thought the cheerleading outfit was cute it's like a little sweater is it yellow or is it gold it looks fucking yellow dude it looks like <laughs> ketchup and mustard is what it is so like <laughs> okay so we're so we hate the cheerleader outfit that's been established uh Cordelia does not hate it she wears it for the rest of the episode <laughs> Wait, Jen is showing us a picture of the Razorback and it is scary. It's scary. Wait, that's a statue. Of no, it is. Of the Arkansas that you're Razorback. Zooming yeah. It's smiling. Oh, no, that one's kind of cute. That one has eyes that seem like human eyes. I don't like that. That makes it even scarier, dude. Yeah. It's like tusk. It's not okay. Oh, my God. It has multiple tusks. Is that four tusks? Maybe. Yeah. I think it has Yeah, no, tusks. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, I think it's kind of cute. Oh, um, so great. We've established that. 
I need to see a mascot by the end of, by the end of this season. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, that's why they had that pig last season that was like the mascot. That they were going to eat. Oh. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Wow. Yeah, I don't think they got it to eat it, but they did eat it. No, because they ate principal. Yeah, they were still hungry after the pig, so they had to also eat the principal. Makes sense. Um, Okay, so okay, we have cool. what do we Sorry, have? I took us on a tangent. <laughs> no, that needed to be that needed to be what it is. <laughs> okay, so, so we then have? so we we're in the library. Okay, no, we're we're kind of like okay, the library scene like um Angel wait, but goes we, with Cordy. No, but we find out. Okay, so there's one thing that Angel realized when they were wading through the dumpster oh. filled with body parts is that based on the things he's seen in his life they do not equal <laughs> three whole girls yeah so we have a frankenstein's monster situation happening because they've taken all the prime cuts of each girl and they're gone but they found three heads which is confusing so there's yeah. all the heads but some parts missing that implies okay do you think that like they took a set of titties or <laughs> the choice titty one From choice each titty. yeah <laughs> dude for sure they were a, not a complete set dude. yeah those titties don't match it was a, and I feel like at this point if you're picking and choosing parts maybe you want a little bit a little bit of oh, all the kinds you know yeah, mix yeah. it up different little. nipples yeah yeah totally might as well when you have yeah. the opportunity to build a woman new boob new give her Ariola. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... <laughs> um, um and then we get to like the next scene is like chris the kind of like creep science genius guy is home i guess and his mom is the hardest lady i've ever seen just fucking smoking a black and mild <laughs> and like blowing it out her nose dude it's she does not want to live anymore <laughs> Which I guess she's processing the death of her eldest son. And she kind of has that like the wrong kid died energy. Going Absolutely. On. Because Chris is like, bye mom. I love you. I'm going out. And she ignores him because yeah. she is watching old recordings of Daryl play football. Yeah. At first, you know, I wasn't sure um, what she was watching and assumed it was like old Steelers games <laughs> it's like yeah of course this bitch is a Steelers fan <laughs> um but yeah it is actually recorded videos of her dead son <laughs> she doesn't say shit she doesn't yeah. she doesn't care if Chris leaves who cares yeah Dude, I miss I my son say that like Chris is not I never got the vibe that Chris was necessarily creepy I mean okay I didn't get the impression that he was harmful in his like kind of weirdness. It seemed way Eric more to me. Well, okay. Which one is which? Yeah, yeah. Right? So, okay, yeah. No, you have the right one. Chris. Chris is the yeah, brother. Eric yeah. is a fucking creep. He's a psycho. That guy's a fucking He's psycho. A psycho. He has yeah. no, yeah. like zero redeeming qualities. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Chris mm -hmm. is just 
I think that he is experiencing grief and also jealousy that like he has like he has to watch his mom yes have that like the wrong kid died feeling she is obviously not caring for him and so he probably doesn't have a lot of opportunities to like process his older brother dying suddenly um and, and honestly, I feel like dude, that it's so dumb because it's like Chris is the one who's gonna like succeed and then like make it so she doesn't have to go to a nursing home later and like other fucking football son would have just become like a fucking <laughs> transient car salesman or something <laughs> whatever fucking football stars high school football stars dude he's definitely the guy in idiocracy who's the football player who's like i'm gonna impregnate all these women tonight like that would have been him <laughs> even yeah. how dope countless jet ski um accidents dude. <laughs> how fucking dope is it that it is the mom like I feel like it is always a dad that is like my son the football star fuck my other son that's nerd but no the dad is nowhere to be seen I'm assuming he killed himself because <laughs> he was living out his hopes and dreams through his football son but it's I just that's thought dark. it was so amazing that because I feel like anytime there's like these tropes of like okay one son's a nerd one son's the golden boy the football star it's always the dad it's always the dad that is totally ignoring or like mistreating the, you know, the nerdy kid, the one that's like, you're nothing like, you should be more like your brother, da 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 da, like type of thing. And I thought it was such a twist that it was the mom <laughs> that <laughs> is the one smoking the black and white. Dude, she is the dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had yeah. to fill both roles, dude. Yeah. Um, hilarious. And then so Chris, like I guess he goes to school you know that's like her so it's morning time <laughs> it's so morning. dark in the house <laughs> and so um the gang is like oh we should check their lockers is that how this they, how okay. they end up at the locker Willow makes a comment that like the only people that I would know that are good enough at physiology to make a Frankenstein are the science club people. Dude, it's like no adult <laughs> in town is a scientist. It's like <laughs> okay, but they're assuming it's a student because the dumpster at the school. Sure. Although a madman could just dump dead bodies anywhere. Yeah, it's a weird leap but to yes, make. Too. No, they are just assuming it's a student and it must be someone with some scientific knowledge of reassembling girls' bodies. Yeah, dude. And they were right because Chris's so right. locker is super incriminating. I, Chris I with a C. Chris with a C. I don't have a locker full of like Grey's Anatomy textbooks, to be clear. I said if this was a CSI episode, this would be an open, this would be a 10-minute episode <laughs> because <laughs> it is literally like how to reassemble dead cheerleaders. Yeah. How to buy Chris is how he even has this like poster, which is this fucking scariest section I've ever seen, where it's like cut up magazine pictures that are like 
glued together to make one person and she even has two different eyes dude like david bowie i guess (laughs) it's an eric's locker though right like we're establishing that is an eric's locker chris's locker only has the book like the informational yeah i feel like it's important no i think that it was the same because they closed the door yeah i think they're different i missed Mm -hmm. that completely yeah i think it's really important i think it's really important because i really feel like it shows how like chris's motives are different from eric's motives and i feel like that yeah i feel like the the episode really challenges like what grief makes someone do and what love makes someone do and what loneliness makes someone do and how far you as a human being will like make allowances for a person who is going through that type of like grieving trauma to take action versus someone who is a fucking psychopath (laughs) like knows how to take advantage of a situation or something yeah 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 and so I feel like it's very clear when they look at the lockers (laughs) that there are like two different minds going into this project yeah Chris is a man of science and Eric is here to fuck that is what they're establishing and I guess this is like a two-person science club oh no they have like a couple of lockers that they're like oh the only thing in here is weed or whatever they're like no there's nothing <laughs> okay <laughs> nothing okay. related to chopped up girls basically okay. just a bunch of weird science shit. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so okay so my first thought is like okay so they're sewing like the perfect woman and then I'm like, that is fucking stupid. Like, it's going to have all these scars. Like, they're not going to do a good job sewing it together. And like, why didn't they just use one cheerleader? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just use one. Okay. One was not hot enough. It was like three, like, fives were best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to chop all of them up to make a 10 <laughs> and yeah, but none of them take- all of them had butter faces I guess because <laughs> they don't want to fuck any of their heads like they yeah. need dude it's so weird like that is some fucked up shit dude like that like it takes multiple women to make one perfect ideal woman like wow can't we get a break <laughs> not even after death even dead no. Even, even dead. dead yeah no we're just body parts to be chopped up and that and yeah I think that's an interesting point Chris that you raise and we can revisit it especially when Buffy ends up confronting Chris but there's a lot there's far the allowances for the behavior go far but much farther than I would even if it was one of you I would be even <laughs> if something horrible and you were like this is your way of processing it I would be like I'm calling the police <laughs> and I'm testifying at your trial. There's no excuse. No, you're fucked up mentally. Dude. I, you need help. Like you need to be, you're a danger to society. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but yeah, this is a very fucked up situation. But so we have basically a crate full of evidence in Eric and Chris's lockers. Um, meanwhile, Eric and Chris, they're in like a weird lab, like lab. Another abandoned. <laughs> yeah, they call yes. it later they say it's the abandoned science lab, which was apparently oh. a whole ass building. Dude. 
Yeah, they don't which is like, I guess was abandoned a hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like it's super rundown. and it also in the background has a giant empty like chemical can again, again. <laughs> <laughs> it's really irresponsible waste management going on here <laughs> oh my god there's not enough shallow holes in Sunnydale to get rid of. <laughs> Apparently, dude, they can't even dig the graves fucking deep. So like... Yes, this was owned by the Brickbrack brothers. It's also abandoned. <laughs> um, they've set up a crudely constructed lab and they're speaking over a sheet. Yeah, obviously there's a body underneath, right? And so we have like the sciencey portion of the lab. And then on the other side of the lab is like a really lame, like photo developing <laughs> And it's like, it's clear who like does not carry their weight in the team. And it's Eric because all he contributes are like pictures, like kid photos of, of women at school. <laughs> um, and oh God. So the pictures he lays out for um, head selection, it's Buffy, Willow, and Cordelia. So we have some- their impromptu headshots and headshots get it nice yes nice. <laughs> and uh who were those who were those headshots for do we you, is this where we get that reveal we i don't i don't think it's it's not yet i think we're still we're still thinking it's them it's I because they're talking about it like for them so we're still like, like well and that yeah. guy the creep extra creep is singing my girl yeah yeah forever yeah it's yeah so eric is singing my creepy, girl so i think dude. at this point we're supposed to think that it's just like a very dark weird science <laughs> and weird science was already fucked up so you can imagine how fucked up this is i feel like maybe they're talking to because i feel like this is still a point where chris is feeling conflicted about how these women are alive still yes, that's and that's where this is introduced yeah yes and they say something like it was really lucky that that car accident happened so we had these like super fresh hot corpses of cheerleaders but like that's not likely going to happen again and that the body is decomposing yeah so they only have like x amount of time to presumably get a head and attach it and reanimate this corpse so like they're trying to tie the science into it they're like hear us out audience this can happen (laughs) like but they also make it sound like the head has to be hella fresh like right they need that freshy spinal cord and like nothing else will do so I feel like that is kind of how they're like no abby normal (laughs) yeah no abby normal brains here and I feel like that's how super creep is pushing the like for science we need to murder somebody like not because it makes me come but because science let's <laughs> like murder a woman and cut her head off yeah so at this point i'm like okay they're going to fuck her yeah yeah and then absolutely. i'm like whose pussy is it <laughs> is it all the pussies like patchwork patchwork together I feel like the dumpster scene implies that like two pussies were thrown back and so i think they chose like the gorilla grip pussy like 
like <laughs> I guess because that was my first thought when they were talking about we found enough parts for two girls I was like oh god oh god they went fussy shopping <laughs> <laughs> wow dude gross gross yeah it's awful <laughs> it's this is horrible. it's a lot it's a lot it's okay lots and then we time. get so we get a little bit of a breakaway now though yeah we're like okay we <laughs> it's a lot it's levity we need yeah. some levity dude um and so we kind of get now a um miss calendar and giles oh and then i'll remind her that miss calendar's name is jenny yes okay did you hear what she said she said call me jenny miss calendar is my father yeah yes. i'm like amazing. and i'm like miss calendar's father goes to burning man with her dude. <laughs> fuck yeah dude fuck yeah <laughs> Um, and so you get kind of a cool little scene there. Like Chris had already said that she's the daddy in their little thing. Cause you know, he's kind of like stuttering to be like, Oh, I, I need to talk to you. And you know, and she's like, I have to go like the bell rings, I guess. And she's like, needs to go set up for, seems like she's running late already, but yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> she goes and then he She's like, oh, I'm going to the game tonight, which this does not is track weird, for me. dude. Yeah. yeah, like she goes to the high school games and like she asked Giles to kind of come with. And so I guess their first date is the high school football game, which is weird. I thought that was really weird too. I feel yeah. like she just establishes herself. I didn't think it was that weird. I thought she was just establishing herself as like, one of those high school teachers that goes to all the sports games. I feel like some faculty get really invested. Yeah, in, weird ones. In, <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I thought they were weird for sure. But I feel like being like a witchy computer person doesn't necessarily prevent you from being also one of the weird teachers that loves to go to all of the sports games totally it's just a weird and place think, for a date dude. I think they have an interaction <laughs> though where she also makes it clear that she likes all sports though because she's comparing yeah. football to like rugby and that's true that's true and a bunch of stuff so. due to baseball and then Giles yeah. compares it to rugby he's like this is bullshit they're wearing padding just to yeah. play rugby and it's hella funny you know I love how he's trying to dunk on football like it's not super brutal it's like um all of these kids have CTE. CTE, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like it's pretty badass. And not even free healthcare, dude. Yeah. So a major race. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't even have CTE in England. <laughs> and then this is when she when she like asks Giles how he feels about Mexican, right? <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> That's her in. Yeah. She's like, okay, we'll go to the game. And then if you want to, I can like. I'll pick you up yeah. and we can go get some Mexican. Like, how do you feel about Mexican? And he's like, thank what God do you I think already she... ran through this question. What do you think she drives? Oh, okay. Well, um, it's 1997. I think it's a motorcycle and he's going to have to sit in the side. <laughs> I was just... No, it's a ninja and he has to clasp her back like hella closely to stay on. Okay, I think it is like, a, it's anything, but it's a stick shift for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It could so be a Volkswagen like, bug, dude. They were hella in. They had that research. No, I was going to say a Geo. 
Okay. Nice. A geo is good. And it's like yeah, dusty. It. It's dusty. Like yeah, fire dust. Yeah. And I think we've already established that how do you feel about Mexican is code for are you racist? Like, and Giles fuck? passes the test. Okay. No. No. <laughs> like I think she's trying to establish like how do you feel about the border crisis? And he's like, no, like. <laughs> you know, it needs to be solved. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, like abolish ice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is what we, <laughs> we must understand the code and he passed the test. So he, he, he's dope. We, he passed the test. We're on a good, we're on a good path here. No red flags yet. Um, okay. So we get that little, oh, okay. No, they're not at the game yet because we have another now flash. we get a reveal. Now we get the reveal, Chris, what's the reveal? Okay, dude, finally. So now we get to reveal that these two creepy dudes aren't necrophiliacs they're, they're in the like <laughs> in the traditional sense of the word. They are just trying to get two dead corpses to fuck each other, which is different. Um, we find out that Daryl, the football player brother who died in a tragic rock climbing accident, has been like revived by his science genius brother. And he is this like terrifying Frankenstein monster. Yes. He's Frank like, and Daryl. He's Frank and Daryl. He's Frank and Daryl. And then like apparently he fell on his face because his <laughs> entire face is like super stitched together and he has this like really creepy rough voice and dude but it is yeah he is 50 years old yeah he's (laughs) like is she ready it's so crazy it's like dude this is not a teenager. Dude, he like, had to, he grew up breathing in clouds of secondhand black and mild smoke. <laughs> like, dude, he sounds like it. He sounds that's like why it. he looks like shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my god, dude. Um, yeah, he looks like shit. It's yeah. great. And he kind of looks yeah, like a 19. 19- <laughs> He looks like a 1950s football star. Like he has like his Letterman jacket is a sweater, like a cardigan. (laughs) He's like in that Pleasantville movie. (laughs) Yeah. So weird. Um, Yeah. But we also get some more like we get some more insight on how this shit came to be because there is definitely some like he he is super manipulating mm-hmm. his brother at this yeah. point and using only football terminology <laughs> <laughs> dude well he says he says you promised me i wouldn't have to be alone and so it sounds like he was like brought back to life by his brother but then he's a fucking zombie so he's obviously being hidden away in this like abandoned science building with um destructive barrels of unknown chemicals just like (laughs) hanging around and he was like a football star so Dude, actually I, think that that... I feel like frank and daryl lives in the basement of oh, his oh that's right yeah <laughs> which yeah. is fucked up he like, comes to the lab and why doesn't he like why are you hiding this from your mom like 
they could be hanging out. They're just like there when you're at school, dude, in this empty house. And so like that confused me. Dude, Dude, the mom is already on the edge. (laughs) The mom is already headed towards a psychotic break. The last thing she needs to see is her son in as a 50s, a 1950s zombie with a shovel face. She's like, that's not Daryl, that's your dad. (laughs) Oh my God. He fucked up, dude. So yeah, essentially we're like, okay, this is not Frankenstein. This is Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we see that because now our Frank and Daryl is being presented Uh with the headshots of our girls of Willow, Buffy, and Cordelia. And they're like, pick a head we can, if we're going to murder someone, we can murder the one you want the most, at least. And um, he chooses Cordelia, which makes sense because obviously they're all babely, but it sounds like they kind of had a history mm-hmm. where like some cheerleader football star trope action is kind of happening there. Um, and terrifyingly, Eric, while singing My Girl Again, uses scissors to like cut Cordelia's head out of the picture too. did not need to do a whole scene the producers decided to include he takes a picture and slowly cuts around the hair and cuts the head off it was so dragged out I was like shit this is haunting yeah dude (laughs) editing decisions were made for sure (laughs) it was powerful for sure cuts her head off to put it on a his weird creepy <laughs> and then almost like poster. immediately after that happens we get this like cut scene back to then now like willow you know is talking to buffy and being like don't be too hard on chris <laughs> bro well so i do think that what's <laughs> happening there a little bit though is that she, i think that what she's saying is literally you can't stab this guy sure. like don't yeah. be too hard on him in that you are a superhero with like terrifying superhuman strength and like this even though what's happening is very fucked you can't go kill him about it like like no yeah. crucifix waterboarding no crucifix <laughs> waterboarding no staking him through the heart like you just have to plus it's and like then, we would have a body to deal with yeah, yes dude yeah yes and i think also a little bit like i think that yeah again this is one of the things that's showing up where in an episode that is dealing so much with grief and jealousy and like love and loneliness she's having to like unpack a lot to know what the appropriate response to these actions are and she doesn't even know yet that this like dude who had to see his brother die and then reanimate his dead corpse is now being like super manipulated and feels you know like he is responsible he brought this dude back from the dead so now he's feeling responsible for what his existence looks like and I feel like yeah Willow is only coming from a place of like this dude is grieving his dead brother Mm -hmm. but there is a lot going on other than just grave robbing and murder 
you know, yeah. aside from that. Yeah. <laughs> also human things. Also human things. Yeah, exactly. No, I think exactly. that's right on. And I think it's just showing that like Buffy is a superhero. She's a vampire slayer. But when it comes to like dealing with people, <laughs> she that's not something that she has montages of training for. <laughs> yes. She has not done tra- trauma training. <laughs> so she has to remember those human times like how to deal with humans especially sick fucks <laughs> like dude which i feel like we see some pretty amazing um when buffy does talk she like goes looking for yeah. eric and meets the black and mild cloud of smoke that is his mom <laughs> and she's pretty rough with the Mm -hmm. mom like there really Mm -hmm. is not a tone of empathy and she kind of has this line where she's like I know what it's like to lose someone you're close to but that's no excuse and that's not the same situation (laughs) yeah dude and it's like it's like dude that's just not the right like yeah she shouldn't just sit here and watch old football games and ignore her other kid but is it really your place to like come in and tell her that as a stranger who as far as I can recall has not lost a family member wait I was gonna say is she talking about her breakup with Angel dude yeah <laughs> well, she's like she, my boyfriend like, is dead died. so yeah exactly like literally is she talking about herself dying? <laughs> I didn't yeah. catch that. Like, yeah, who is she t- referencing? I don't know. Does her boyfriend die in the movie? Oh. I don't think I've ever seen the movie, to be honest. No, okay. we've been putting off so we can watch it and do, like, yeah. a special episode. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Let's just say she's talking about how she lost herself in that slutty moment with Xander, and mm. she's never going to live it down. And that was just as dramatic, but sometimes you just need to get over it. <laughs> Because she does not know how to relate to humans. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty fucked up, dude. So yeah, I think that that line from Willow was maybe only helpful. I hope that Willow reminds her many more times throughout Mm. her like Mm -hmm. slaying career that there is a difference between the dead people she interacts with and the human Mm -hmm. alive people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But okay, so we have... Buffy has this interaction. We're glad that Buffy is not going into the field of counseling (laughs) or psychology because she's not great at it. But while she's totally ignoring the mom's feelings, she sees a door that has a million keypads and biohazards. Caution. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of just like a normal teenage boy's door, you know? But it took it a little far, like far enough that you know that there's either a dead cheerleader or your dead son is down there. I felt yeah. like it made it too obvious. Um, and so she goes down the stairs. It's dark. It's it's dusty. She's looking around. She sees a table. On the table, she finds the cut off picture, the head, the head of Cordelia pinned onto like a zombie anatomy body. <laughs> and as she's looking at the picture, Daryl is slowly creeping up behind like reaches her. Reaches out. <laughs> reaches out yeah. as she decides to like 
Buffy the fuck out of the basement instead of going back the way she came yeah. she just jumps out of like this basement she like yeets out the window <laughs> and like basement windows are small it's <laughs> like bam yeah. like she jumps and like immediately lands out of the basement. she's like I do not want to talk to that fucking ass lady again. she's like damn that was such a bad interaction <laughs> And the lady, like, does not realize that she left the home. Like, she just assumed. She literally, when when Buffy tried to ask, like, where her alive son was, the lady was like, is it a school day? (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't fucking know, dude. Yeah. I think Chris is making the right choice not showing the dead husband, brother. (laughs) Mom's hanging on by a fucking thread. (laughs) Um, So... Buffy she's like shit I gotta save Cordelia meanwhile Cordelia she's getting ready in the locker room for the big game um the game that Miss Calder just can't miss not even yeah. if <laughs> it's interfering with her getting dick she can't fucking miss this game um and Chris comes up behind her and she's like Chris like what are you doing here dude and then all of a sudden Eric pulls a pillowcase over her head and, and starts trying to tie her up dude it's super scary and luckily Buffy gets there in time and jump kicks him and stops him from kidnapping her and Buffy's trying to be like Cordelia like dude are you okay and she's like no I have to go like oh my god the game's starting like you don't understand I have to go I'm the apex yeah of the pyramid dude I feel like like this shows that like she cannot she has to bury all her that was so traumatic she almost just got abducted dude i don't she, think th- i don't think like things are rolling last off. episode got fucking snatched so two yeah back this back is the second matches. time that someone put a sack over her head too. i know dude, I feel like she's kind episodes. of like being I think saved by her own narcissism you know i think, I think she's, she's so narcissistic dude that she like it can't penetrate through her like self-obsession I think she uses it for protection I think that she actually probably thinks like as she's walking away she's like that's a crazy thing I just witnessed happening to someone else that's definitely not me (laughs) (laughs) she needs help I'm worried about her (laughs) because immediately after that she's like later on in the game she goes by herself to get water in like a dark (laughs) like a dark under bleacher area too yeah dude it's too much I definitely was like Cordy come on (laughs) like when you're in the parking lot you let the other cheerleaders leave before you like can get your key into the car door to open it which like you were literally abducted the last episode you would think that you wouldn't do that and then yeah she goes like for some reason the water jug is all the way it's like darkened bleachers (laughs) dude yeah and then she gets abducted like right as the crowd is super cheering which I also feel like was honestly it's a a pretty good slasher movie trope like yeah because no one can hear her scream yes dude it was terrifying but I it was terrifying in in a well directed way yeah I appreciate it and then meanwhile so this is where this is the scene that I'm talking about where like Buffy is talking to Chris and she's like I know what you're trying to do I know about the bodies 
but it's okay. You haven't hurt, hurt anyone yet. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, it is too late for that. This guy is going to prison. <laughs> like, even though he has not killed anyone, he has definitely committed many, many crimes. <laughs> and the families of those chopped up girls, like, I mean, come on, dude. He's so far gone. I can't, it's weird to me that I feel like she should have reasoned with the mom more than like reasoned with Chris. Like this. I don't know. It was like a very weird scene. She's like, I know what you're going through, dude. Like your brother's dead. It's okay. Everything you've done totally makes sense and is appropriate. And I'm like, no, I don't know. I just, I can't get there with Chris. Yeah, I agree, dude. And I just feel like it really bothered me that he was wearing his lab coat out of lab. And like, it's like, what is the point of a lab coat if you're going to take it out of the lab and get it with all of the like, dude, that lab is not sterile. It is totally past the point. <laughs> I guess he's just wearing it to like protect his clothes from like blood, but it's like not even buttoned up. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, dude. <laughs> and like, he was like, I need them to know that I'm the science behind this. Like, I'm not and a only a lab coat. I'm not a will <laughs> show that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the um, the Eric, the true scary psycho of the the real baddie of the show, he kind of like goes back and is talking to Frank and Daryl and you know, he's like, I'll get the head for you. Like, we don't need Chris. Like I can, I know how to, good thing. He, he's not the only one who knows how to reanimate dead flesh. <laughs> I know how to do that too. And then like Frank and Daryl has this total like meltdown and just like hulks out in the basement. <laughs> and apparently they store like hella empty paint cans down there. And he's just like, thrashing all these empty pay counts dude and that's how I feel like you really can tell the mom is so gone <laughs> she does not go and check what that is dude she does not care if she lives or she dies. probably turned the game up because like she couldn't hear the game yeah dude <laughs> um so we kind of get like okay they're gonna like Eric's like, oh, I can do this on my own. I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you. Let's, let's go. Let's go to the lab, Frank and Daryl. Um, but then we get kind of like at the same time, we get kind of flashing back to Giles and Miss Calendar on their date. And Giles is so bundled up for this game. Has <laughs> like gloves and a scarf on. <laughs> it just seems so unnecessary. <laughs> Um, but whatever, I guess he is very British. So, well, I so guess you the think cold Southern California night. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and Xander and Willow Cockblock again. Again, they come dude, up, you're so right. They yeah, interrupt yes, their dude. date. But I mean, they did And like steal their school. snacks and yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not much privacy at a high school football game. So what do you expect? You can't be surprised. Just yeah. under the dark bleachers, dude. They there was a place set aside for being alone where no one can see or hear you. So I know Frank and Daryl was like, okay, I got it. I'll snatch this head that's connected to a body that I want for my wife. I'll snatch and the head. 
<laughs> and so he's creeping out of the bleachers and um I feel like it does make sense that he knows when to snatch Cordy when her mm-hmm. scream wouldn't be heard because he like is a football star and so yes. he's like oh it's right about to be the TD like the mom says <laughs> like <she's> like <laughs> I know so into football I don't say touchdown <laughs> I say TD <laughs> Dude, and you see real. <laughs> there's like a sa- a soft piano music moment where you see Daryl watching the football game, like thinking of what could have been yeah. if he hadn't died tragically. <laughs> Rock like, and he's like, but then he kind of snaps out of it when he sees Cordelia's hot, hot head <laughs> walking to get water by herself in the scary bleacher area where all the drug all the people doing drugs are probably hanging out because yeah, it's like, so secluded he's definitely like climbing over like people fucking <laughs> like, yeah people shooting uh like. <laughs> it's very secluded so do you guys think that his like rage and like physical violent outburst came from like like the CT related brain, yeah. brain injuries <laughs> yeah. that have been proven to cause that type of behavior or is it because he's undead and his brain was like probably decomposed a little bit by the time they brought it back probably a little column a little column <laughs> yeah mixed <laughs> in their like white privilege like he's upset that he hasn't gotten what he deserves yet what was totally. told that he would get it is not happening for him and things always happen for Daryl yeah and I think he's confused like what are these computer machines when in the 1950s that is not like the milk was still <laughs> delivered to his door it's not really from 50s. I saw a car once when I was a kid <laughs> That was 50 years ago. <laughs> now the world's died. gone and got itself in a goddamn hurry. He died last year. I feel like they say he died last year. No, in 1996. Like, I don't believe it. <laughs> and like he was okay. Okay. <laughs> he is 50, dude. It's so obvious. It's crazy, dude. Oh my god. So, okay, so scary Daryl kidnaps <laughs> Cordelia and she's taken back to the lab, right? And actually, I think you're onto something, Jen, because Cordelia does not recognize this she, She's like tied up, right? They have her in one of those like scary like hospital gurneys where you can like tie up the wrists and legs with like the leather strap, right? And yeah, cool science <laughs> lab equipment. Yeah. And she is like, sees Frankenstein's monster and she immediately starts screaming. And Daryl has this moment of like, Cordelia, it's me. I'm, so- I'm sorry that I took you for granted when we dated. And then she is like, Dar-. it's only after that that she's like, Daryl. So I think that, yeah, she's like, dude, you died 50 years ago. <laughs> I didn't even recognize you. Because, like, I feel like if I saw, like, an ex-boyfriend in zombie form, I feel like I would recognize them. I don't know. Unless they were super badly decomposed. Like, he was gray and, like, makeup, you know, like, gray and and green and purple or whatever. But he still had pretty intact facial features. It's weird to me that she didn't recognize him immediately. 
um, until his little apology or whatever. But I think it's just because we've established that they did a really poor job. Yeah, I guess uh, preserving they was the his first face. one, you know. Yeah, that's true. And they couldn't pick and choose. They kind of just had to work with what they had. Okay, I would just like to say that this actor was born in 1969. <laughs> so he was not in the 50s. For sure. <laughs> that is physically not possible. And apparently also he's in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and oh. I need to know who he is. But that is off topic. Okay, yeah. um, we, it's, it's the Hellmouth. Who knows what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll just chalk it up to them. Maybe he is made from other parts. Like maybe parts of his face were missing because of the his falling on his face when he fell to his death rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And so they they were like had to sew. And the only person who died that day was like his dad. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to like sew him together. And he has like old man face. <laughs> um so they're about to harvest the sexy, sexy head. And thank God that Buffy kicks the door in. Yeah. The yeah. Eric guy, dude, was about to use the smallest knife. <laughs> it's so small, dude. And it's like. Like they have a literal table full of knives that are. Yeah. And, and he it's chooses, like, it's, like it's not even serrated. And for some reason, he like uses fire to um like sterilize it <laughs> sterilize it it's like dude that doesn't seem necessary yeah. <laughs> like yeah it was dumb when they show the whole table of other knives it was like wow dude yeah at one point frank and daryl has like a butcher's knife and it's like what even that fuck? would be better it was literally there dude yeah wow it was like I guess you don't give a fuck what her neck looks like (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah and so Buffy's there thank goodness um because it's getting shit is getting real (laughs) 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 and we see a Daryl is so scary a Buffy a Buffy Frankenstein fight yeah we see that happen yeah um, and there's fighting. There's lots of he's super strong. He's too, yeah, I feel like he's as strong as Buffy is because yeah, he bodies her, dude. <laughs> he absolutely bodies her, and is just about to slam a dust down on her like WWE style when a fire breaks out from all of the unremoved <laughs> canisters that have been just simmering and becoming even more like flammable, yeah, like over volatile time. and shit. Yeah, and it's like I. I guess they left their Bunsen burner on for yes, sterilizing. When they were the <laughs> that tips yeah. over into all the volatile chemicals and a fire breaks out. And cheerleader body goes up like kindling, <laughs> like immediately goes up in flames. I guess and- maybe one of their caskets was made of hay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Did you know Save that day. See, dude. Save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Xander performs the most heroic act. He saves Cordelia by like riding her like a surfboard because she's strapped into the gurney and he rides her body on the wheeling gurney through the fire. 
dude, he spends such a long time trying to unstrap her and like can't figure out how to unstrap. He literally was like, it's on wheels. <laughs> yeah, I got so annoyed. I was like, it's literally on wheels. Why don't you just like roll her away and then deal with the straps? And he wastes so much time. He lets the fire get so much worse. Like there's no way he escaped unscathed even from riding her body like a surfboard like his like the heat alone I was super annoyed and then like Frank and Daryl I feel like proves that his brain is a little rotted away because he's like my bride (laughs) no and then like goes and climbs on her and I guess like dies yeah oh I think they just die. I feel like it would have taken a little bit to die from fire. So he's like, the bus is hot. <laughs> like he had no point watching that. Was no. I like, no. they're fucking. No. Like the camera panned away. <laughs> like when people fuck on TV. <laughs> I think his brain was not rotted enough for him to like expose his newly like reanimated dick to open hey, Don't you fire. need blood flow to get an erection? <laughs> he was soft as fuck. While he mounted, like pushing, maybe they stuffed it, dude. Maybe they stuffed the dick like taxidermied it and then reattached it. It's always hard. Oh my god, but if it's stuffed with hay, it went up immediately, (laughs) dude. Exactly, it's sawdust. Yeah, no, he's definitely like no hard edges. He's definitely like, we'll be together always. Yeah, I felt like it was a more like old timey Greek p- funeral pyre where you have to like, it's usually the woman that has to throw herself on the man, but it was like reverse. Yeah, there's a lot of gender role mm. reversal in this episode mm-hmm. anyways. So they're just leaning into it. Yeah. And so monster vanquished. Yeah. There you go. End scene. End scene. Um, There's hell of cops at the school and it's like, okay, I guess all of a sudden they hired cops at the town. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is fire. I saw more firefighters than cops. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's just hella flashing red lights, but I, they're like fire trucks, bunch of fire trucks. In my note, I literally put, I guess he goes out fucking the corpses. So, <laughs> hot take, hot take. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> literally, literally, hot. literally. Yeah. And then I guess like the school's technically on fire. No, they're in the abandoned. It's fire. a separate building. I think it's like an. So. Annex. I didn't think it was okay. part of school. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But maybe. But um, Chris and Buffy are talking, and again. Buffy is like okay well problem solved dude you did what you did you did a crazy thing but you know at the end of the day this was just part of your like a totally healthy process so (laughs) glad we figured it out the end it's so weird (laughs) why would she even still talk to that guy dude and like honestly the firefighters are going to find like yes (laughs) mid penetration (laughs) burned up (laughs) 
feel like it's like when you see those like Pompeii (laughs) people who are frozen. I don't think any of those people are fucking either. (laughs) To be fair. Um, You can picture it. You can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like they must have just pinned it all on Eric, though. Like, yeah, Eric is nowhere to be. Would have been the right thing to do. Sure, sure, sure. And just like take Chris out of it completely. Because, you know, he was doing his process. He's grieving. He's grieving. And really get a free pass. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You get one free grub grave robbing pass like we one weird voyeuristic watching corpses fuck each other <laughs> pass i guess um, dude, this dude needs to like start his own company i don't know it's just like he is just a crazy scientific genius <laughs> <laughs> yeah that gets like it never comes up again no he never and he never raised another corpse again yeah he learned his lesson (laughs) he learned his lesson that's good dude yeah all you need is the horrific scene of your brother pressuring you to make a corpse like watching your brother die a second time but this Mm -hmm. time like being right there to see his fucking flesh burn up Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he literally (laughs) was so that's good um but everything that's we we did a good job team okay so um xander is talking to willow they're talking about you know patting each other on the back about how great everything is now that it's solved cordelia walks up to thank xander for riding her like a surfboard and xander totally shuts her down and that was kind of fucked up she was like oh, thanks for saving my life he's like oh is someone talking like basically it's just like yeah get out of here i hate you uh so cordelia once again walks away on her own and Meanwhile, this the last kind of little scene we get before the end of the episode is Angel and Buffy walking through the graveyard, of course, where this whole kind of story begins. Um, and again, Buffy being like, wow, I guess we do crazy things for love. <laughs> totally excusing Chris's actions. And Angel is like, yeah, you know, I am jealous of Xander, but it's not what you think. Like, I'm jealous of like all the moments that Xander gets to enjoy with you and and that he gets to share meals with you and laughs with you and jokes with you, like all in the daytime. He can see in the sunlight. Yeah, in the sunlight. (laughs) Okay, Angel's wearing colors, by the way. He has a tan jacket on. It is not a black leather jacket. Because he gave the jacket to Buffy. Tan is a stretch to call a color. (laughs) Beige, beige. But I hear you. I hear you. Um, it's the same color as Obama's suit that the Republicans got super pissed about. <laughs> I feel like they called it tan. Um, it's that color. And they walk off, you know, kind of looking, gazing at each other. Maybe some sparks are coming back to life as they walk past scary Daryl's grave. Which we they know hold is, hands. Is empty. Yeah. Yeah. And They're that's like- it. These shallow graves really get me going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. And now so that's our first off like main tiny leather daddy 
storyline offshoot yeah. storyline it, it was really fucking dark it was yeah we're starting off dark we're they're really setting the tone for the season <laughs> yeah. with some dark zombie sex vibes what wait so was our death count we had no or we had one zombie death this episode. yeah we had one vamp in the beginning who was staked by Buffy uh-huh. with a stake she made out of a shovel uh-huh. and then Frank and Daryl dies from a fire we're, so we're counting him because he was reanimated so we count him, him as yeah. a living being okay because like we count vamps he right? was a vampire like, I guess okay yeah. so we didn't see too much bloodshed this episode just a lot of already dead people yeah and like attempted murder yeah right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's there actually pretty suspense. tame. Yeah. Somehow the darkest theme, but the tamest bloodshed. Why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was awesome. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Thank you, thank you guys for watching this episode and helping process all of the various feelings that came up with it. And just a reminder to all of our listeners that. You should go to therapy. <laughs> um, go apparently to therapy. not. No, a reminder to our listeners that anything goes if your brother dies. Dude, I guess. Yeah, only if your brother died, though. <laughs> therapy is not an option for you. But everybody else, everybody else should go to therapy. And we are looking forward to seeing you all for season two, episode three, School Hard, which... I don't want to give any spoilies to, but I will say I am very excited about maybe we'll see a new character. <gasps> oh, until next time. Bye. Thank Bye. you. This episode was created and recorded by Amanda Kelly, Chris Rath, and me, Jen Rath. It was also edited by me, Jen Rath. Our theme music is by James Massa and my husband, Daniel Nico. And our cover art is by our super badass friend, Caitlin Deary. Thanks everyone for listening.